lot of good kingdom of God energy in the room. Amen. I see you, Miles. So good to see everybody today. Anybody know what's happening in January? Let the kids out. I'm telling you, my goodness. Amen. That's right. All kind of good stuff happening in January. Thank you for confirming that. 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah, I got a few that says, okay. It's the beginning of the year, and uh, we're going to be doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting in the evening time around 6.30 p.m., which makes a lot of people excited. Instead of getting up at 5 in the morning and being here at 6, amen. We do this on purpose twice a year, and we're not doing it to uh, earn brownie points from heaven. We're doing it because we get to be together. We get to be together, and then we get to see the Lord at work in one another's life, and we get to listen to what the Lord is saying and open up our spirit at and up and go after the cause of the cross. Amen. All the good stuff follows that. Amen. And so if you haven't been able to join with us in 21 days of prayer and fasting, you can look it up online. You can actually join with us online if you're on your way to work. Amen. You can plug it in and get the download and be encouraged by the time you get to work. And if you can be here, great. Uh, that's in the summertime, 21 days of prayer and fasting. In the wintertime, amen, on your way from work, you can plug us in. Amen. If they make you work real late. Other than, what, other than that, you can be here and we can all be daddy's kids together, being together. Amen. And being encouraged. Amen. And we don't go after it in a way that is, is beat you up. It brings life. Amen. There's some things that I need to lay down in my life, push back. They're not wrong, but draw a little bit more time from me than, amen, than it should. And when you kind of push it back and give the daddy some extra time with, and you spend it with him, it's amazing how much better Amen. Things become and how refreshed your soul becomes. And so fasting is really pushing something back, giving more room for God to get access to his house. Amen. In our heart. Amen. So I encourage you, consider being a part of our 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. It's a good way to start the year off. Amen. And put the devil under your foot or feet. You got feet? Talking about earnest expectations today. It's really a next layer of the onion. So we're pulling it back. And uh, everybody wants the easy life. Everybody does. And so a majority of people in our world have an idea of what the easy life looks like. And it equals the American dream or whatever it is that you've got in your heart that you think, well, if I can get there, everything will be okay. But God has something to give you that is wow. And if you ever find out what it is he wants you to have, and you can actually attain it through him, wow, 
He says, ye that are heavy laden, come to me. You that are beat up, body slammed, you got all kinds of scars in life. It's evident in your, in your heartbeat. It's evident in your, the way you live, in, in your demeanor. It's, you've been beat up. The Lord says, come to me and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is light and easy. Now, everybody I talk to, there's some challenges that we're all dealing with. Everybody deals with pushback. Amen? And you don't really care for it, but you're dealing with it. And you know your attitude is not where it should be while you're dealing with it. And you're not as happy as you should be while you're dealing with it. The Lord doesn't want you to deal with it alone. He wants you to allow him to come on board so that he can navigate you through it. And you get to have fun while you're navigating through it. Anybody want to have fun going through a storm? You don't want to be sad. You don't want to be beat up. You want to be happy. That being said, eager expectation is important. God wants to give me and you an eager expectation. I'm going to read that in, in, in the Bible for you to know this. But I've come to realize that my confidence in him is his call on my life. My confidence in him is his call on my life and your life. Amen. He wants to build our confidence. The question he's always asking when you read about him in Scripture when he was walking in the flesh, amen, now he's in the flesh with us if we'll let him be. But his life depicted hope, good news. And he was always asking this question, do you believe? Can you believe that I can do this? If you believe, all things are possible. And so the question we want to ask ourselves today is, do I believe? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on definitions because, you know, well, I believe in Jesus. Really? What's the evidence that I'm a believer? We're going to find that out today. What's the evidence that I'm truly a believer? And we're not going after evidence. We're going after something else. Amen. We're not going after the effects of the cross, which is awesome. We're going after the cause of the cross. If you don't hear anything else I say today, if you don't hear anything else that I've preached in the past, Disregard everything else I preach then. Hear this today. Somebody said, really? Well, if you catch this today, everything I've ministered in the past is like, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Because if you can get this, ah, the joys of the Lord is going to be your strength. Amen? Can I believe? Earnest expect- Anybody have had an earnest expectation before? Because you wanted to win a trophy, or you wanted to get some special prize, or have this awesome birthday party. Anybody had an earnest expectation before? And so I'm going to tell you one of mine, so I can get into the meat of the message today and encourage you. Amen. I had an earnest expectation before I came to San Antonio 
as a country boy. Yeah. If you had the right kind of rack hanging on your wall, you were the man in that community. <laughs> I didn't know any better. And so, it's nothing wrong with deer hunting. Matter of fact, I got deer everywhere where I live right now. There's racks walking up to me and just looking at me every day. When my family comes, I say, my goodness, they're walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> so anyway, to help you out, my earnest expectation was, you know, it was part of what country boys did they went deer hunting and they and they, they went and they hunted for the trophy and so I had a couple in my life that I loved dearly and they you know we had good fellowship and they had some property they said hey I hear you like to deer hunt I said when I get a chance I don't hardly have a lot of chances to do it I'm married <laughs> I can't help it that had to come out that's <laughs> She let me go hunt anytime I wanted to. <laughs> We're having a marriage conference here in December. I thought I'd make a plug. <laughs> so if you want to be a part of that, get online and make sure you sign up for it. It's going to be fun. And so they said, come out and hunt. So I said, sure. I'll, and I found an opportunity. And I went out there. And my goodness, y'all, it was the perfect piece of property because country boys know how to, they know the signs and they understand the language of the land. And yes, the big one is here. I've seen the scrapes and I've seen the rub. I've seen it all. And it's like, yes. And so I positioned two stands. I'm going to be very quick with this. I positioned two stands that were perfect places to get the trophy. And my expectation was rising. I said, man, I'm going home with daddy. And so I invited my brother, Wendell, to go with me. And everything was the fingerprint of God. I didn't know it until just recently, until God refreshed it. Does anybody ever take you back and say, and you thought I wasn't there? And, and you find out, oh, he was there all the time. Details. He don't miss anything. He's been with you. Just want to pause for a minute. He has been with you. In every aspect of your life, he don't miss anything. Y'all got to catch this. He's not doing anything evil to anybody. He's not causing any heartburn for anyone. All the heartburn and the frustrations that you and I deal with are primarily self-inflicted. Yeah, we had some things done to us that wasn't fair in life early on. But eventually, we, we allowed a certain attitude to get a hold of us, and that attitude facilitated some, some bad decisions and self-inflicted storms, self-inflicted trouble came our way. And so since God's good, he's into the details of our life. Well, here we are. I give my brother the best stand. I gave him my gun. I knew it was zeroed in. I was a little bit like Jesus that day. <laughs> and he got the best stand, the best gun, and I had a good gun, and I had a good stand. But I felt like that's the way it needed to be. So I'm in my stand, he's in his stand, and 
I can't tell you all the details, but he couldn't get to the gun because circumstances had developed where he couldn't. He, he was in a bind. And the deer comes by him. And it comes by him going my way. See, I had it all set up. I was a good boy. I knew exactly what to do. No, the Lord said, I knew what to do, son. <laughs> and Wendell's thinking, well, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, ain't nothing I can do. He'll get him. And uh, I seen him coming, and he was doing all the stuff, you know, that bucks and rut do. And, and he's just coming. And he's coming straight at me, like, shoot me. Like, here I am, your trophy. And I've seen trophy all over it. I mean, he was going to score in the boot, Boone and Crockett or Pope and Young. He, he, he was going to score. It was a good one. So I lowered down, and I'm, I'm a good marksman, aren't I, honey? You better say yeah. <laughs> you need proof? I'll ask my brothers, that tell you. I'm encouraging myself. But the Lord made sure I wasn't able to hit that thing. He's coming straight at me. He's walking. He's not running. And I pulled the trigger, and limbs, I'm pointing right there. Limbs three foot up are being clipped. It's double off buckshot. Limbs are falling three foot up in a circle. And, and here comes that deer. keeps walking. He, he don't even, they don't even startle him. Like, man, that was a major boom just happened. And he keeps coming, and I lowered down and said, okay. I must be nervous. It must be deer fever or something wrong with me right now. And I relax. Boom again. And, the, and limbs, three foot up. After the third shot, my brother said, something ain't right. Something ain't right. And five shots. Well, he walks on up side me. I'm telling him, I'm, I'm eager expectation. He walks up broadside me, stands there under my stand. I ain't got no more shells. Five of them gone. He wasn't 30 yards away. I got a knife, and I'm thinking, I'm finna, I'm finna jump on this thing right here. Earnest expectations, y'all. And there in that stand, I'm looking at it, and I got, I got delivered, not from deer hunting, but all of a sudden, my zeal and my expectation to have that trophy, I was delivered. When I stepped down out of that deer stand, it didn't matter if I ever went deer hunting again. And I didn't know what was going on. I was just sad, upset, let down. And my brother's nodding his head. He don't know how that happened. But here, just not too long ago, the Lord said, I was with you. And said, and you didn't get your trophy, but I got mine. I'm going to pause for a minute because that needs to settle in some of our spirit right now. There's some things that we've been going after. And the Lord knows what's best for us, doesn't he? He said, I'll, I'll help you. I'll set you around where there's bugs everywhere, son. They just crawl in, in your, the house with you. I don't care about that no more. What he was after was my heart. He wanted my focus 
to be on my developing relationship with him. Why? Because he's after his trophies. He wants to reclaim the lost. He's after his treasure. And that's just a deer, something he made, something he created, something he gave life to. It only has significance because of relationships I had in the country, in the South, with all the country boys. And it was fun. And he don't mind us being kids. But at the end of the day, he wants our earnest expectation to develop in him. Amen. And so he let me know, yeah, you, you didn't get your trophy, but I got mine. He said, I finally got your heart. And he had to set me free from some things that I was after so that he could go after his trophies. Amen. I'm going to read this to you in, in 1 John 3. It says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children. The world don't know who you are because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children. He's already purchased the world. Everybody that's saved or unsaved, lost or found, Sinners or righteous, don't matter. He's already bought everybody with his own blood. They just don't know it. He says, we are the children of God. But he has not yet shown us what we will be, uh, what we will be like when he, when he appears, when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. Now, I could go and give you several more scriptures of this and let you know that it's Christ in us. He's manifesting. Does anybody ever see Jesus in you? If they don't, the Lord says, if you'll let me, I'll, I'll help them see me in you. He wants to be revealed in the world. Amen? Now, this is what it says. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Amen. If I have the right expectation, if, if my passion, amen, is for him, that is the call of God on my life. Amen. I'm after his heart. And so if my zeal is to be like him, that's what keeps me pure. Is anybody born to be right? You want to be righteous? You want to be not guilty? Anybody want to be not guilty? Not full of shame? Not beat up because of failure? Anybody want to go there? He says, if you'll let me give you a passion to be like me, you can't just get it. Well, I'm going to be like Jesus today. No, you're not. The only way you can be like Jesus and, and to desire to be like Jesus is to let him come to his house. And let him give you his presence, his spirit, and fire that turns that zeal on to be like him. The moment you catch on fire to be like him, it keeps you pure. Anybody ever wonder why you keep doing stupid? I just told you. 
I just read it to you. The reason you keep dropping the ball and wondering, what is wrong with me? Why do I keep messing up and saying the stupidest stuff and doing the stupidest things? It's because we had let him come and give us the right heart. And, and he'll give us what we, if you ask, seek and knock, get ready, it's coming. But you can't ask amiss. You can't ask just like, well, you Lord, you know what I need. Give it to me. No, you gotta, you got to posture yourself. And, Lord, I know I need something I ain't got, and you got it. I need it now, and I'm asking you to give it to me. And he'll meet us there when we ask, we seek, and we knock. And he'll give us the kind of fire that wants to be like him. And that is what keeps you pure, even as he is pure. So when you arrive at this place on being like Jesus, who got you there? Wasn't because I was smart. Wasn't because I did all the right things. It wasn't because I looked good. It wasn't because I was good at what I was doing and I was gifted. Jesus got me there. To him be all glory and power and honor forever. Amen? But we have not because we ask not. So feeding and establishing the right expectation in our hearts is a powerful thing. I was telling the staff today, I said, I don't ever want to be on this stage on Sundays. I'm not jumping up down about being here. You know why I don't want to be here? Because I know the guy in the mirror can be my problem if I don't keep him in the grave. And remember this, everybody. Don't forget this. To be identified with the cross of Jesus Christ means that everything in me and you must die that has never been like him. Oh, by the way, you want anything that's not like him to die. I know you do. Every time I sit down and encourage someone in pastoral encouragement and counsel, it always revolves around I don't know what, how to get this out of me. I don't know what to do. Why do I keep doing this and that? Why do I feel this way? Why is my emotions always out on the end? You want anything that's not like Jesus to die in your life. But you can't kill it. You can't bring it to death. Only he can bring it to death. And he does it because it brings out of you a testimony and a zeal of how good God is. It becomes the actual salt that preserves the world. It becomes the light that pierces the darkness. Look at what the Lord has done is what you begin to say. So, the measure of my passion to be like him is what keeps me pure. And if I'm not walking in the light, not because I'm perfect, but from his lens, we are all perfect. How? Because of his blood, because of his sacrifice, nothing that we have done. He's just asking all his perfect kids that's got all kind of issues to come to me and take my yoke upon you it's light. You've been, you've been under a yoke that's beat you up and ain't been working because anybody know what I'm talking about? And we do that when we think we're in charge. 
we get beat up. Anybody in this room that's ever been beat up and things ain't fair and the world's going to hell in a handbasket and you're in that mode of thinking, it's because you're under a heavy yoke. The manipulator and the controller called the devil has got you believing a lie. The kingdom of God came 2,000 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, and it's within you, and it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. The question is, does the king have access to his kingdom yet? And that's what we have to decide today. When are we going to let him in? Well, pastor, I have. Okay, great. Go encourage somebody else to do the same. Go lift someone else up. Go speak life and in and validate someone else that's hurting and show them how that you let him in. Come on, because once we decide that our confidence in him is our calling, then all of a sudden we figure out the why to that because he wants to reclaim the lost. He's asking for my heart because he's after his harvest. And so 32 years ago, I didn't get my trophy, but he got his. He's after something. And if he ever gets my heart, it's not because, you know, there's not going to be pushback when it comes to people. People are beat up and they'll hurt your feelings because they're hurting. They'll bite you because they've been bitten. They'll do stupid because their life is full of it. And next thing you know, you'll be blaming them and not focused on the right objective. Amen. When you and I become associated with Christ and we're eat up with an earnest, an eager expectation, you can turn the cheek 490 times in one day. When you're eat up with the right expectation, being crucified with Christ, ain't nothing. Why is that? When I read it to you in the next few moments, because he's navigating you through the storm. And it's, you've got to look. The reason the kingdom of God is so valid to you and I, it's God who makes us right. So he places in me because of his blood, because of his sacrifice, he puts in me and you his kingdom. And he waits on us to open the door to let him in. Is that true? So that we're already right from his lens. He's just wanting to come in so that he can take over and navigate us in this righteousness he's already given us, navigate us through the storms of life, and we can have peace in the midst of the storm. Righteousness, being right with God, peace, going through stuff, and, and can't figure out why I'm so at peace. I'm, I'm, I'm good because Jesus is the captain of the boat now. And then the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. We begin to see the fingerprint of daddy on everything. And we just start talking about how good our daddy is and how daddy's doing this and he's doing that and he's doing that. That's my daddy. And we witness with our father his joy in the world because I have the right desire. I have the right expectation. Amen. And so, uh, you know, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away, I put away 
the ways of the childish life. I put it behind me. It stopped being about me. It started being about him. Amen. I need a break today. No, I need Jesus today. Amen. So you got, you've got people all over the world that have expectations, right? Parents have expectations. Children have expectations. Do they, do they blend well? Employees have expectations and employers have expectations. Is there kind of some glitches every now and then? Husbands have expectations. Wives have expectations. We need Jesus, don't we? Amen. Peter had an expectation, and I thought it was pretty cool. He didn't want Jesus to die. But Jesus had a different expectation. And he tells Peter with his expectation, it didn't sound bad, it sounded pretty cool, like, dude, man, I'm with you, man. I wouldn't want Jesus to die neither. But Jesus says to Peter, who had a different expectation of him, get behind me, Satan. You know what the Lord needs to do for some of us today? If we'll let him, he'll let us put the devil on the run in our life. Why is the devil in my life? To tell me lies, to manipulate my way of thinking, to influence my expectation. Is that, is that true, y'all? The enemy's only in your life to skew the way you see life. And he'll put God's stamp on it for you. And the next thing you know, we're wearing a religious mask, missing out on the best that God has to offer because our expectation is out of bounds. I think this ministers to all of us, the guy on the stage, first and foremost. I need Jesus every moment of every second of every day. Amen. And I am just like anyone in this room. We all want healthy relationships. And we all want to be tied in with people. Really. But why do we run from them all the time? The Lord asked me a question one day. He said, son, why don't you love me? I do love you. He said, well, then if you love me, why do you reject me then? Well, how am I rejecting you, Daddy? He says, uh, where two or three gather in my name, I'm in the midst. He said, you're not gathering enough. I need you to, I need you to gather more. Precious people in my name so that I can be there. If you love me, well, then love them as you've been loved. The only way you can love me is to love others. Is anybody tracking yet? But our world is messed up because of people. It looks like that, doesn't it? Our world is messed up because of a spirit of deception, not because of people. 
But the enemy knows how to get you to point the finger and say, if people would straighten up, things would be better. Anybody ever done that before? <laughs> get that hand down. It just sounds logical that if people would straighten up, things would be better. Right? But the deceiver goes to church too. And he does his greatest work going to church. That's what the apostles wrote. It's in the Bible. If you hadn't had read that, do your homework. You'll be blown away. But he does his best work in church. And his whole purpose is to get us to think, amen, that we have Jesus with a form of godliness, but there is no power. And the moment I say the prayer and I shake the preacher's hand or whatever you, you did, you begin to think, well, I'm a believer. And the Lord's still asking us, do you believe I can do this? And we haven't figured out what he's wanting to do. Oh, I'm, it's right there in your Bible, y'all. Well, according to most people, Jesus wants to heal, set free, and deliver. And that's the message that you'll hear mostly across our world in the church world, is that Jesus wants to heal, set free, and deliver. Pastor, be careful now. I love silence. But what Jesus really wants to do is for sons to manifest. And if sons ever manifest, these signs shall follow them that believe. Isn't it interesting that the group that said, look what we've done in your name, Jesus said, I don't know you. But the group that he knew, they didn't say anything about, look what we've done. They just bore good fruit. What's the fruit? Sonship. What's the fruit? The character and nature of the king, our daddy. They just... You know the tree by the fruit it bears. And the signs follow them that believe. Who's the believer? They bear good fruit. They preach the cause of the cross, not the effect. The effect happens because the cause has been embraced. So important. If your expectation isn't about being, that's why hell's breaking out in your life everywhere. That's why all the trouble's going on and you can't figure out what the problem is. Anybody tracking with me? But when we begin to go after what daddy is after and we open up and let him in his house, he begins to navigate us through all the pain and all the frustration, and all the pushback. And all of a sudden, now you're praying for all the governments because they're all whacked out. You're praying for all the magistrates. Why? Because you need peace in your own house. That's why we pray to bless everyone. We don't look at what's wrong we look at what God's after, and we bless them when we pray for them that there may be peace in our own home. That's written down in the letter of the Scriptures, y'all. We don't get into debates over why they're wrong and they're right, and, and if it was me, I'd do this and I'd do that. 
No, we get in line with God in his presence and we listen to what he has to say about his kingdom and we become ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Serving papers to everybody that wants to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen? Is this helping you? So, I, I ended last week on Melvin Williams, amen, and a miraculous miracle happening in his life. Now, before I pick that up, I do want to read this so y'all understand this. It's so important. To be a true believer, it is imperative, number one, that we uh, ask ourselves these questions. Number one, do we know our resurrected Savior? Number two, do we know his empowering spirit? If I'm going to be a true believer. And number three, am I wise enough to trust what the Holy Spirit is saying in the moment? Am I wise enough to trust what the Holy Spirit is saying in the moment? Do I know my resurrected Savior? Do I really know that? Do I know him that way? So, God, through Christ, Christ becomes the wisdom of God for us, number one, right? It's a very important. I might be ignorant as a believer on what I need to be aware of. Christ became the wisdom of God for me. Christ done what? He makes me, he makes me right. I can't make myself right, but he can make me right. Christ makes me pure. I can't make myself pure, but he can make me pure. And Christ, amen, makes me holy. I can't make myself holy. Right? That's what God did on our behalf through Christ. And so it's important we, we be aware of that because if I'm ignorant of that, I'll try to be holy. I'll try to be right. I'll try to be pure. And the enemy loves that because he keeps us ignorant on what Jesus did on our behalf. Then the next thing, you're just working ourselves to death trying to be a good person and wondering why it ain't working out well. True? So I ended last week with Melvin Williams. A miracle was done. And to the guests that are here, thank you for being here. If you didn't hear that, I'm giving you just a quick synopsis. There was no possible way that Melvin Williams could have the miracle that he asked for. There wasn't no possible way other than God. Amen. He lost his family. He lost his business. He became an alcoholic. He was homeless. And the next thing he finds himself in the little church, amen, and the presence of God is saying, I got you if you'll let me have you. I'll cover this thing. I'll take care of you. And on his face, he fell before God because of the presence of God. How many of y'all feel the presence of God a lot? All right. I want to ask you, how many in this room potentially feel the presence of God but won't let him in? Just pausing for effect here right now. It's important because most of us that feel God will just go off the feeling And then we'll even show up for church on something because I need that feeling again. But when you feel God, know this, that's him knocking on the door. Let him in. Let him in. Please, let him in. We feel him because he's pulling on us and he's drawing us to let him be Lord. Lord. 
Don't justify yourself as being a believer based on the fact that you feel God. Let him in. It's important. You catch that. So, for the guest that wasn't here, Melvin couldn't do this. It was not possible. And, man, he gets filled with the Spirit of God. He opens up his heart. Oh, man, I mean, Acts chapter 2 happened to him. And so he gathers up a few of us brothers about a week later because, man, he's enjoying the presence of God. And he's recognizing and he's getting this indication that I give you family back to you if you'll ask. It ain't possible. His wife's getting married next week. They're engaged. They've already had showers. They got gifts. And, man, they got the wedding in place. Everything's ready to go. And he comes to a couple of brothers, two or three, where two or three gather in my name, I'm in the middle. And if you agree as touching any one thing, I will. Hmm, interesting. So we agreed at 8 o'clock that evening, around 8 o'clock. And around 1 a.m. that morning, she calling him, crying on the other end of the phone. I miss you. I don't know why I miss you. You've been a knucklehead. But I miss you. And a miracle happened. Gets his family back, gets a good job back. I mean, and they live happily ever after. That's where most people will stop with the story, right? The Lord said, we ain't stopping it with there. I want you to pick it up, son. It wasn't about him getting his family back. Are y'all tracking? This is talking to some people today. It ain't about some of the things we make it. It ain't about the effects of the cross. It was about the cause. I want my son. I want my son, Melvin, to find out who I say he is. I want my son, Melvin, to catch my heart so that his expectation will grow and he'll begin to realize I can be like my daddy. And that's going to keep him pure, even as I am pure. And when I get access to my house so that I can form myself in you, he's saying, he said, now I can go and reclaim the lost. That is his mission. There is no, everyone in this room, according to God, you are a steward. You are a steward by way of being a son, a child of God. You are a steward of his business his passion his mission he can't complete it without you he can't reclaim the lost if we don't start getting a revelation of what he's after he's after me and my heart and he wants to give me an expectation that I can be just like him and I'm going to be like him, not because I arrived there on my own, but because of him only. And me connecting with others that said, you know what? I believe he can do that in me too. And we gather. And we love daddy back. And we gather. And we love daddy back. And we gather. And we love on daddy some more. Because we can't stop loving on others as he loved us. That, that man from Gadara... That man that was full of a legions of demons. And, and there's people all over our world that are hosting legions of demons right now that are hurting. And there's some that aren't hosting as many demons, but they're hosting them. Everyone in this room, whether you know it or not, has hosted them at times. 
Mm -hmm. And you felt the dynamic of their presence called shame, guilt, all kind of, it just goes on, anxiety, depression. We've all entertained things that are not of Christ, not of the kingdom of God. And we go to church. And the Lord ain't beating nobody up. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. He's gentle. Oh, he's temperate. Whew. He just keeps doing what he does best. Brings his presence. Knocks on our door. Keeps drawing on us. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. If you let me in, I'll sit down with you, and we're going to have some good conversation. I'm going to start telling you who you really are. And you're going to start agreeing with me on who I say you are. And when you start agreeing with me on who I say you are, ah, expectations are going to grow because the earth is standing on its tiptoe right now looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. But they got to let him in. It wasn't about the man of Gadara being delivered from demons. It wasn't about that. It was about a nation that was going to be reaped as a harvest. Because God got into the heart of one of his boys. And he can use a demoniac that has been mocked and has an identity that's whacked out and everybody mocks him and laughs at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you let me in your life, I'll blow your mind on what I can do through there. But boy, God is awesome. And some of you have doubted how valid you are. God can't use me. I've been messed up. I've done too many dirty and stupid things. How could he use me? I just want to be able to make it in somehow. He's not interested in you just making it in. That's not the purpose. That's not the cause. Going to heaven is an effect. We're not focused on the effect. We're focused on the cause. It's children of God. Enough's enough. But to go across that lake, Jesus has got 12 hard-headed followers. And he knows he needs to give them greater expectation and for them to have the expectation they need to be effective a storm and they find out really the way they saw themselves a bunch of little girls screaming on the boat <laughs> ladies forgive me but it fit they were all wearing dresses And the real man was laying down, resting. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us are called to be sons. All of us, men and women, we're called to be Christ. And after Jesus stands up and says, what's the problem? You don't get it. And some of us have done him that way. When they recognized that he had authority over the winds, the waves, and then immediately they were on the other side. I don't know how, how long you've been on your journey, but you, you, you can get to the end of your journey today with Jesus when it comes to your troubles. 
because he's got some things he wants to do, but he's waiting on his kids to let him in so that sons can manifest. Y'all, it impacted me. This is, I'm closing with this. It impacted me so much when my grandmother was telling me the story of what she went through with God about her son, Uncle Joe. It impacted me. And when she was telling me the story, and she didn't know what she was doing. Maybe she did. Well, she was putting some seed in my spirit. I got to have this. It wasn't about Uncle Joe walking out of that hospital. The Lord said, it wasn't about that, son. It was about my daughter becoming my vessel, becoming Christ. She went through all that because she prayed herself into that place so she could become my light and my salt. And when Uncle Joe walked out to that hospital, he shouldn't, he shouldn't even been alive. But because she kept repeating what she heard Daddy say, her words were creative and they were powerful, and the great physician took care of Uncle Joe coming out of that hospital. But the lives that she impacted, because she went through that, and he navigated her steps. Whatever it is you're going through today, whatever the trouble is, and every one of you in this room, have, have, you've got pushback. You've got little tweaks and little challenges and little, some of you have got some heavy heartburn. You know how many people nodded their head when I said that? A bunch. You're closer to your miracle than you can imagine. The presence of God in this room is Jesus knocking at the door. I can't fill you with his spirit, but I can agree with you that you need him. I can pray with you in his name. And Pentecost will happen. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about an evidence of the king has come. How bad do you want it? Amen. You ready to take that mask off of trying to be a good person? Are you tired of a form of godliness that has no power? You ready to quit having to try to prove yourself that you're a good person by, look what I did in the name of Jesus, look what I did in the name of Jesus? You ready to stop that and just bear good fruit? Anybody want to just bear good fruit? You just want to be one that bears good fruit. We don't have nothing to prove, y'all. Jesus already proved it. And he proved that he loved you because you're breathing right now. The reason you live and move and have your being because he's after you today. Could we stand? The easy life is making your mind up today that whatever's not like him in me has got to die. But you ain't going to kill it. The only way it dies is when you let him in. And he'll put it to death. Father, thank you. For your presence is so evident. 
And you're ready to fall like rain right now. Tongues of fire is ready to begin to settle on everybody in this room. I agree with your presence right now. Daddy, I've been distracted long enough. I'm through with the distractions. Give me a single eye. Help me to see what you see. And if I still can't see it, just help my ears to tune in until I have an ear to hear what your spirit is saying. Come on, that most unruly member in your body is ready to start saying good things, giving good reports, speaking the good news, declaring the truth. We've let the enemy have our tongue long enough. Daddy's ready to clean up a lot of words that should have never been spoken. And he can do it in a moment. Anybody ready to let Daddy have your heart? Be filled with the Spirit right now. Just you and Jesus. Just you and Jesus here. Just you and Jesus here. You want me to pray for you? I'll pray with you. You're welcome to come forward. But today's a day to make a decision, ladies and gentlemen. Lord, I need a heart that is full of desire, a heart that's full of expectation to be, to be, to be, to be, to be. Somebody, you want to be Christ? Somebody want to be who God says you are? Woo. His testimony is ready to come in waves. Be filled with the Spirit.